Welcome to What's On Your Mind with Digby Scott and Alicia Mackay. Zoom out and slow down. In this episode, we're exploring why do we always want to fill a vacuum? Digby Scott. What's on your mind? That's such a serious look. Digby Scott! <laughs> What's on your mind? Is that better? No. <laughs> What's on my mind is... You know, is that saying nature abhors a vacuum? Oh, yeah. I right. say that one all the time. Like, yeah, right. Don't leave a space. It'll get filled up. So I've been thinking about, it's not just nature. Well, actually, we're nature. Human beings are part of nature. I reckon human beings abhor a vacuum. Oh, yeah. Right. And I, so I was working with a group yesterday, group of senior leaders, and I'd given them this question, um, what would happen if your role didn't exist? Yeah. Right? And yes, as you, you collectively as a group of senior leaders, but also you individually in yeah. your senior leadership role, what would happen if your role didn't exist? Right? And it was kind of this, there was a pin drop. Yeah, you could hear a pin drop in the room. They're like, oh. And through the conversation, there was this realisation, I think, that was we make ourselves busy because we're driven by the fear of not being busy or being seen not to be busy. Yeah, and or I or reckon, not being valued or seen to yeah, be Yeah, yeah. And so there's this yeah. whole implication of, therefore, I'm not valued. And so whenever there's something to do, oh, there's something that needs to be done. Yeah, I'll be getting busy. I'll do that. And I reckon that's a massive waste. Yeah. And I think we there's so many downsides to that. And they were starting to go, yeah, right, man. Why don't we just allow ourselves to slow down? So that's what's been on my mind. Yeah, and I, I like that. And it bugs me. Well, because we're all just so fearful, aren't we? Like, aren't we? This workshop I ran yesterday had maybe eight or ten different organisations in the room, and I reckon at least half of them were either about to have a restructure, yeah. are currently in a restructure, or go. just had one. So how can you possibly not feel as though you've got to justify your own existence when you're getting realigned yeah. or revitalised yeah. every six months? Yeah, absolutely. There's... So restructures are a classic. Ah, oh, we're going to need to make some change. What's the most complicated thing we could do? How about a restructure? It's right. not about cost efficiency. It's not about cutting jobs. It's just about making sure our operating model makes more sense. There was a bit of a pivot in the conversation. Did I just use that word? Sorry. Oh, I'm yeah. oh, Right, rewind. There was a bit there, of a... There was a bit of a, a shift in the conversation where I, I told a story about a, a GM I used to work with in Perth. And he, he ran a big call centre. And so lots of, you know, lots and lots of activity, really busy place call centres. And his um, call to all of his managers, all of his team leaders, was your job is to make yourself redundant. Oh, yeah. 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 And, this, and oh, the idea being yes. that if you are um, continuing to grow your people, so they can take over you. That means you free up your future to go and do something better and you keep growing as a person and you keep growing them and it's all good. And what one of the people in the workshop yesterday had a really good build on them from that. They said, yeah, it's kind of like there's no destination to reach here. It's the continuous evolution of the work, of the people, of, of the you. Place. And it's so unlikely yeah. you're going to lose your job. So it's like totally. if you think about this, the robots are going to take all our job stuff. Um, when they look at um, case studies of this over the last few decades, you think about, so when ATMs came out, all the banks were freaking out. Banks weren't, people that worked for the banks were freaking yeah, yeah. out because they were like, oh, what's going to happen now to all of the bank tellers? Their job has yeah. been replaced yeah. by a machine. This is disgraceful. Yeah, that's right. Is that what happened? 
No. No, that is not what happened. What the tellers started doing was spending more of their time in customer interactions, selling products and services rather than counting money, building relationships, coming up with new ideas. There are more tellers than ever now that we have automatic teller machines. And living in fear that you will no longer... It's just, it's it's this value evolution. We we hold on to what we know because we have the fear of the unknown. Yeah. And I think we see that with this whole COVID thing too. It's like we're trying to get back to a normal because that's what we know. Whereas in fact, now is the time to go, well, actually, what if we could create something different, which requires evolution, it's hard work, it's unknown. Well, it's just um, hard to see it. So I'm reading a really good book at the moment called Upstream and it's about solving problems further. Oh, you're going to like that it actually. Us. We'll put a link in I the I think it's notes. by a Heath brother because you know I love those oh, Heath, Heath brothers. Boys. Yeah, but yeah. I'm going to have to check. Uh, and it's talking about how there's no incentive when you're currently in that justifying your existence loop. You get this problem blindness. Yeah. And there's no incentive to look upstream. Yeah. And so the book opens with nice. this parable, which is you see a child drowning in the river, you jump in and help. You see another child drowning in the river, you jump in and help again. Yeah. Your colleague who's with you, who's been jumping in and helping you get these kids out of the river, yeah. starts to walk away. You're like, where are you going? And they're like, I'm off to get the guy that's throwing the kids in the river. Yeah, right. there you go. And so I was just thinking about nice. that. I was triggered because you were talking about the call centre. And I read this whole case study about Expedia's call centre, which had put all their focus on being really responsive and speedy and awesome at answering calls, right? And they did a bit of analysis at the leadership team level and they realised that they were having 68% or something like this, don't quote that number, but an absolute tonne of people who'd made their bookings through the online Expedia platform were then calling the help centre, like more than half. Like, what's going on here? Why are they calling? And they realised that most of the people that are calling want a copy of their itinerary. That's all it is. And no one's ever picked up on this because the people who are answering the calls, they're like, I'm very responsive, and they're driving down, answering times, and they're building up the call centre. And no one's ever stopped and gone, geez, if we just made the itinerary printable in an email. And and, (laughs) and so the trick there is when you said no, it ever stops. I think the trick is to stop, allow a bit of a time vacuum, and to go, what's the biggest system at play here? And I think that question is the one that we find hard because we're so busy and to stop is terrifying. So we never get to see the bigger system. So if you're trapped in a loop of feeling way too busy, justifying your own existence, putting one foot in front of the other, what problems are you currently blind to? What systems are at work that if you tackled them, if you looked a little bit upstream, you could make a genuine difference. You could add real value. We'd love to hear.